Welcome to All Electric Conversations, where we talk with pioneers in traveling with electric vehicles. We're your hosts, Katie and Steve Krivolovic of the All Electric family. From road trips and towing to daily life, we'll hear stories of wanderlust and progress to inspire your own adventures with All Electric Conversations. So welcome back to Electric Conversations. We have Andy here. He has been somebody I've been wanting to talk to because he has my favorite car, but we've talked to people that have towed with the Model Y and towed with the Model X. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you, Andy, and where you live. Well, I'm in uh, London, Ontario, and uh, I operate Can-Am RV Spinner, which we've been here for 53 years and an Airstream dealer all that time. And... Uh, um, We've always uh, experimented with tow vehicles and hitches and towing, and that just came out by an unusual set of circumstances and and the fact that we actually travel in RV ourselves. I've been traveling in a trailer since I was a year old. My kids grew up traveling in one, and uh, now I got the grandkids going. So it's, uh, That's awesome. Uh, so the the Tesla was just kind of a natural extension to that. I'd, I'd like to say I was smart enough to be in right from the beginning, but I, for a few years, I kind of thought it was, didn't make sense. And uh, so it kind of a gradual process for me, but we've now, um, we've now hooked up 52 for customers and several more scheduled for this spring. And wow. uh, so it's become pretty common. Yeah. 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 Nice. That's awesome. And so what is your exact setup that you, you have? What are you towing with? Well, in, um, in the, a little bit of how I got to where I am, I, yeah. my, my previous tow vehicle was a Jaguar XJ with a supercharged five liter, 500 horsepower. I like cars that look like a, don't look like a sports car, but drive like one. So you can get away with a lot more. And the, uh, um, but it was a 2012. I had uh, 110,000 miles on it, uh, and they were supposed to introduce a new version in 2022, and they teased the odd picture of it and stuff. And I was waiting for the new one to come out. Uh, the um, the big BMWs and Mercedes are more Boulevard cruisers. The Jag actually drove terrific, and it was a great tow vehicle. Mm -hmm. So then, in the fall of 2019, they announced that they weren't going to build that car. It was going to come out in 2025 as an electric. And for a bit, I thought, well, geez, you know, I don't want an electric car. I really like how that <laughs> works. And, uh, but we had a lot of customers asking about it all the time. So we thought we should at least start experimenting with it and get to know it a little better. So in the fall of 2019, we bought a Model 3 and uh, put a hitch, a, a substantial hitch on it so we could tow just about anything and uh, started driving it and towing with it. And I pretty quickly realized I'd rather drive the Model 3 than the Jaguar. <laughs> so, so then I realized, okay, Jaguars figured this out. They know that in five years, nobody's buying a gas-powered luxury car. Mm -hmm. yeah. So as soon as the refresh Model S came out, I, uh, I ordered that. And, uh, it's, uh, um, and it's just a great machine. I, I love that car. It's, uh, it's funny. I... I'd always said I wanted a V12 before I died. And in the spring, a customer brought in an Aston Martin to trade in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a beautiful car. Yeah. But I took it down the road and I went, you know, if I, if I kept this thing, 
it would just sit in the garage because I'd always drive the Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a slow learner, but I've yeah. come full. <laughs> That's awesome. Those yeah. are all fun vehicles. Yeah. Uh, so you have the Model S refresh. Uh, is it the long range or the plaid? I figured I could get in enough trouble with the long range. I did not get <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty plenty, easy. Uh, plenty fast enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what Airstream do you have? Well, the um, my for 30 years, my wife has said, can we not just have an Airstream that's ours? Because we would always pull something off the lot. And yeah. usually be something I wanted to try out and different things. Mm -hmm. So and I said, you know, I'm just going to sell it anyway. So, so, so we never did that. So we wanted to customize one for the Tesla. So I said to her, "What do you want?" Because I figured I owed her that she should pick what she wanted. And so she wanted a 27 foot Tommy Bahama with the hatch. We'd used one for oh, a vacation. Yeah. We really liked it, so that was her favorite. So that's what They're we're beautiful. We're and we. As soon as they come out with a 30 foot with a hatch, it will be for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that hatch is so cool on those. I, I love them, but you know, we need the backspace for the bunk. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, this setup is obviously not your typical setup and not what people expect to see you towing with a Model S if you would, if people would expect to see anything being towed with a Model S. So explain why you made that choice to go with, you know, the Model S over the Model X or, you know, a totally different um, electric vehicle. And then um, why does it work? <laughs> well, the, um, having done a, I went to Colorado and back in July and then uh, in November, we went to Florida and back, which actually turned out further than Colorado. Um, <laughs> and myself at the moment, I just really like the Tesla charging network. I, yes. I can't imagine doing it without that. And it just mm -hmm. always works and it's hassle-free. And, and for somebody who's not big into technology, I just like it to be easy and that works well. Mm -hmm. um, a Model S and a Model X are the same platform. Mm -hmm. there's really no very little difference in the two vehicles the s has a lower center of gravity which makes it a little more stable the x is extremely stable tow vehicle but the, the s is a little more so and then the it's a little more streamlined so mm -hmm. you you tow with what you have left over after pushing the tow vehicle so mm -hmm. if you can make the tow vehicle more efficient you have more reserve for towing so that that's what uh, drove the, the model s on it and then uh, now the most popular of, of those 52 Teslas we've set up, the most popular one's been the Y, about half are Ys. And then, uh, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, do you, when you have customers come in and set that up, what is the reasoning that they pick the Model Y or have you, uh, I guess, figured that out? Well, you know, these days everybody wants an SUV. So okay. I think that... Um, there's no logical reason for an SUV. It's just that's what people want. Uh, yeah. And, you know, an awful lot of what we do is probably logical. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Y works, you know, it's basically a three with a little bit more of a lift yeah. to it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, um, I haven't yet had a chance to do a back-to-back -back test, but 
I think probably when you're towing, there's very little difference in the range. The really? bit of extra drag in the Y over the three is probably um, blocking a bit of air for the for the trailer. So it's mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I want to know about this trip that you made to Colorado because you had to have been there around the same time we were and <laughs> that yeah, would have been awesome to run into you. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So I, what my theory was, I said, you know, cause everybody talks about range and you, I don't know about you, but I get a little sick of people asking me about range. Oh, now, yeah. 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 <laughs> including the guy I picked up at the side of the road that ran out of gas. <laughs> You asked me what my range was, and I went, really? That story. <laughs> but uh, the, um, um, so what I got thinking about was, you know, you probably still drive as far in a day with a Tesla as you can with a gas-powered car. Mm -hmm. Pretty darn close to it. It's just you're going to use your time differently. And I, so I, my thought process was, and this is before we even started, before we even bought the three, I said, you know, you're probably going to have to drive 55 miles an hour. You're going to drive maybe two hours. And then you're going to, in my mind, you were going to charge for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I said, so three hours to go 100 miles, but it's going to be a very relaxing 100 miles. Mm -hmm. And so I could probably do that five times in a day. Yeah. Um, now, the reality is the charge time is, you know, 20 to 35 minutes. And um, mm -hmm. I generally drive. Going to Colorado and back the entire trip, I had the cruise control set at 60 miles an hour, just to nice. be scientific about it. And the, um, and you know, so it was, of course, the drive time was less. And mm -hmm. what I did there, I did 500 miles or 600 miles a day, depending on the day. And uh, now I was just by myself, but I'd um, uh, hop out of bed in the morning, grab a bottle of water and a snack, and I'd start driving. And then at the first supercharger, I'd have breakfast. The next one, I'd have a shower. And then the third one, it's lunchtime. So it was all stuff you were going to spend time doing. You just yeah. broke it up up differently. And uh, and yet, at the end of the day, I didn't feel like I'd driven 600 miles. It was a really, I said, I'm doing road trips wrong my entire life. That this is yeah. been the... And uh, in just in December, we came back from Florida. We left uh, Orlando, and we were back home in two days. Now, there was an ice storm coming. I probably wouldn't have done that in two days. I would have probably stopped, but we wanted to get it, stay ahead of the ice storm. So that, yeah. yeah. How far was that trip? You did that in two days? Yeah, um, Orlando to here is about 1,200 miles. Wow. And that's, uh, and now, when you... Uh, and what really surprised me about that is when you cross, when you get to Georgia, all through Georgia and Florida, you know, there's superchargers every 30, 40 miles, and they're almost all version three. So oh, wow. it's very easy. Um, and a, a friend of mine, uh, he's a little older than I am even, which is hard to believe is possible, but and he's uh, got an older Mercedes that he wanted to take down to Florida. And he didn't want to drive on his own. Mm -hmm. so I said, well, you can, you know, drive down with us, but it's going to be a different schedule than you're used to. Yeah. yeah. So, so he drove and, you know, it was worked out perfect for him. He could grab a nap and stuff like that when he wanted to. Um, yeah. We stayed overnight just south of Atlanta and we were going to uh, St. Pete's Beach. And uh, 
So he's in the morning, he said, you know, I think uh, I'm going to go on ahead. So I get down there a little quicker and uh, get my place opened up and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, that's fine. You know, if you have trouble, we'll be behind you anyway. Yeah. And so he drove his Mercedes with the cruise control set at 77 miles an hour the, the whole way. And we got there two and a half hours after he did. Oh, wow. the trailer. And, you know, if I'd been towing the trailer with a gas car, I'd have still been an hour and a half. So it really didn't yeah. make that big of a, of a difference. I was quite surprised. Yeah. And that's, that's things that we have found as well. You know, that when you get there, you just, that travel exhaustion is not the same as how yeah. when you're in a gas vehicle and you just go, 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 and you push it and, you yeah. know, you push it a little too far and it's just, it's so eye opening the first time you take that first trip with the EV and, yeah. and you're like, Oh, this is the way we should have been doing this all yeah. along, you know. It's, you know, I no longer have to unwrap my fingers off the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you when you're that. stretching your hands because you've been <laughs> staying onto the steering wheel for so long, it's yeah. you're yeah. like, okay, that's a sign I should take a break. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny, you know, but um, my wife still has a uh, drives a Jaguar. Uh, she's got one, and uh, the, you know, it's a, it's a very nice car. Mm -hmm. And the morning after I got back from Colorado, I had to run up into London quick and I took her car. Mine was hooked up to the trailer and uh, I was amazed how loud it was. You know? yeah. So I think that too, you just get uh, the, by the time I got back from Colorado, the Tesla didn't seem extremely quiet. You have to get into something else to realize how much difference there is. Yeah, the, that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, have you ever like run into any trouble with towing the the camper with you know on any of your trips that you've taken or anything or even the um, 52 you know hitches that you oh yeah because i'm sure these people would bring it back to you and say hey <laughs> yeah we've had no now so far most of the people that have we've set up teslas for already had a tesla or had yeah. some experience with it so they're not going I'm getting a Tesla and I'm getting a trailer and this whole thing is new. That might yeah. be a tall, <laughs> and it would just depend on the person. Yeah. But yeah. no, one of our customers, uh, they told what he's got a model three that we set up, um, 2019. And, uh, yeah, he was out to Prince Rupert BC with it this summer. He was five days from here to Prince Rupert. That's uh, and that's not an easy, easy trip to do. And he, he did the whole thing. And it's, uh, going to Florida, we had, um, I don't know if you saw in the news, Buffalo had a huge dumping of snow back yeah. in November. Mm -hmm. So that was the day we were leaving for Florida. And our first leg is from London to Detroit, which parallels Lake Erie. And we that was a complete headwind that whole way. Wow. About 65 kilometers an hour, about 35 mile an hour headwind. So, Whoa. And it's from my house to the supercharger is 90 miles. So I said, okay, this, this will be... And it was also... Um, about uh, 18 degrees Fahrenheit outside. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'd, uh, I charged in the driveway overnight, preheated the car, and we took off. And that stretch, I kept it down. I was um, 50 miles an hour from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we made it with about, uh, well, there's one stretch where it's single lane construction for, for about six miles so in that stretch i put it up to 60 just so i didn't yeah. have a bunch of people angry with me but we we <laughs> made it i think we had eight percent or ten percent uh 
left when we got there. So that's probably the most challenging segment I've had since I got the car. But uh, yeah, it was still pretty doable. Which is and they have really other, good. Yeah, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the um, and the you know the stability. It's just oblivious to the trailer. You forget you you got to remind yourself that it's on there. It's mm-hmm. solid as rock on the road and uh, and hill. When we were in Colorado we did um i wanted to try it in the mountains because i was curious if it would overheat you know you know mm-hmm. people racing yeah. get uh, them overheated and they go to limp mode and that so we went up over through the eisenhower tunnel mm-hmm. and uh it just it was like it wasn't there mm-hmm. and we charged in silverthorne colorado and we went over vale pass to vale back to silverthorne and what really blew me away was my watts per mile. So I averaged 628 watts per mile for that trip. And that section was like 570. And I thought, how <laughs> can that be? You know, I went over this pass twice. Yeah. yeah. And all I could, my, my thought is that uh, the, the pass didn't matter much because I, the energy I used pulling the weight up the hill, I recaptured going back yeah. down again. And, elevation change was zero but of course the whole time i was between you know at high elevation between eight and ten thousand yeah. feet so i guess the air was thinner so i had less mm-hmm. air drag yeah. and yeah. uh so it's so we left silverthorne and we said well that was too easy so we went up over um uh, loveland pass which is the two-lane road and yeah. it's twelve thousand feet at the top and you just drive with the traffic it didn't uh didn't phase it at all never touched the brakes coming down the other side it uh, yeah it's really and even going to florida you know i've driven i've driven from here to florida about 30 times mm. in my life with and all towing and it's just so funny to just not even acknowledge that there's a hill there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean obviously you've been towing trailers for a really long time and like is there anything that you miss from towing with a gas vehicle or you know or uh, you know yeah or diesel or whatever you were towing with before like is there anything that you miss or you know has the ev once you've made the switch you're kind of like this is this is the way to go yeah i there's not much i've uh, found that i miss about it at all it's uh, and i when i went to colorado i took a generator with me just in case and that was more because i thought i might get talking on the phone or something and drive by an exit but yeah it was just dead weight it was no no use at all i never came close to, to needing it now if you were going to alaska there's a couple of places yet that you would travel to that would be pretty tough with, mm-hmm. uh, without carrying a generator or some other means to, to charge yeah it's funny one of those customers it's one of the first people with a tesla that we set up uh we were talking and she said you know it's funny you discover that electricity is almost everywhere (laughs) (laughs) yes it is most of us like it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah very true yeah this is awesome so um what what are some of the things that do you Tell us about like how much you have to modify the vehicle or anything like that with the hitch because when a Model S or a Model 3 comes out of the factory, my understanding is they do not have any sort of hitch or anything like that. 
uh, you don't have to go into grave detail with it, but I'm just curious, like yeah. how much modifications do we have to do with that? So it's, um, and this is something we've been doing for 50 years. So it's not something new with the Tesla. And uh, when I read, uh, I was reading Elon's test mule for the Model S was actually a Jaguar because he insisted that it be an aluminum body. And his designer said, well, you know, aluminum bodies are harder to build and everything else. He said, no, it has to be aluminum to offset the, the weight of the batteries. And the um, so he said, they said, well, nobody's really doing aluminum. He said, Jaguars are aluminum. Go buy a Jaguar. <laughs> so they made a Jaguar into the first test mule. So when you actually go underneath it, it's a lot of it's somewhat similar. So we've done several Jags over the years, and I've towed with one since 2004. So it... Um, it was fairly straightforward uh, to, to find the attachment points. The, the key to a, a weight distribution hitch uh, receiver on the vehicle is distance. The more you spread that those loads out over the vehicle chassis, the stronger your installation is. So on the uh, Model S or the Model 3, we put on, we start with one of the bolt-on hitch receivers, mm -hmm. uh, but then we extend the center of that up to in between the back wheels. So we're through that lower trunk well, there's a little bump in there now in the carpet, and there's a bar that goes through from the front to the rear that uh, takes that pressure from the weight distribution and spreads it up to the front wheels. And it, uh, so it makes it exponentially stronger. You know, a yeah. standard hitch on a Model X, the bolts are about five inches apart, and now we're doing it about uh, two and a half feet apart. So we're getting a lot more spread on it. So the car modification is actually pretty simple. We modified the trailer a lot more. Okay. Uh, the we took off most all of the attachments that catch air on the outside of it, and uh, mm -hmm. put a shorter bumper on that doesn't catch air. Underneath, we put a the holding tank stick down at the front on a twenty seven, so we put a V deflector underneath it to divert air around the tanks. Um, we moved the propane tanks back further, closer to the body. We switched them to twenties to get the the height of the cover down. So a bunch of things on the trailer. Um, that saves about a hundred watts per mile. Wow! Really. Wow! And and I'd love to tell you what each of those does, but we just didn't have time to to try and test it in between. You, you're, yeah. To try it in between. You got to get the weather right to do it each time. And True. Do it. So, now it turns out we probably did have time because we started doing this in uh, uh, January of 2020. And my plan was to take the Airstream and the Model 3 to the Airstream rally in, uh, in Denver that year. Mm -hmm. So those plans got changed, and we actually had a little more time than what we thought. But, uh, yeah. Nice. Well, I want, yeah, that sounds awesome. So um, are there a lot of people that are doing this to their Airstream as well, what you're talking about, or is this just something you came up with and yeah, uh, started yeah. implementing yourself? Yeah, we haven't really done it to any others yet. Um, uh, you know, we offer it to customers if they'd uh, like to do it. A lot of them say, well, we'll try it first and then see what we want to do afterwards. The only thing you really miss on it, it doesn't really change anything how the trailer operates, except that I've removed the air conditioner. Now, uh, we almost never, uh, my wife and I almost never use the air conditioner. It's, yeah. um, we're, of course, we're in Canada in the summer, <laughs> in the winter, so it's not a big, uh, big issue for us. But, and we just don't like air conditioning that much. The, I, 
I believe some of the suppliers are working on a split system AC where the uh, condenser and that will go underneath the trailer and then you'll just have a little air diffuser inside the trailer with the evaporator and then that turn up will come off of the roof to, to get rid of it but That'd the ones nice. I'll probably put one in to try it and just to have it there but yeah nice um yeah that's i mean to me it, it's it's amazing that it takes that 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 makes that much difference of just taking you know things off of the trailer that are catching and you know it, yeah. it's goes to, to show you that you know one of the things that we found is that the aerodynamics matter way more than the weight of the trailer when you're especially when you're talking to him with an ev for you know uh, yeah it's all about getting, efficiency. yes yeah it's it's incredible how much and i think that shows just how much it really does matter how to have that aerodynamic trailer when you're towing with an ev yeah yeah because it's almost 20 percent right <laughs> that yeah 20 percent increase in efficiency that's yeah that's pretty good yeah so. it uh and, you know, not most of it's not that hard to do. You know, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, you know, those big skylights that stick up with the big bubbles on them, we removed those and we put a uh, quarter-inch Lexan over the opening. Yeah. And so that's flush. And then they, um, we got rid of the front fantastic fan. I figured just because it's right by where the air comes over the roof, that was probably not good. But we kept the rear one, so we have still have one in there. Um, the... Um, we eliminated the bathroom exhaust fan because I've got 400 watts of um, the Zamp Obsidian panels. They're fairly thin, mm -hmm. and they're right in a line, so there's only one leading edge. And uh, so that eliminated the bathroom exhaust fan on the 27. That's um, that's about the only change in operation of it. Uh, the uh, And what we find is we almost never plug it. Without running air conditioning, um, we have a 3000 watt inverter in the trailer and a 200 amp hour lithium battery. So the, uh, we really n almost never plug the trailer in, even if there's power at the site, it's, we just don't need it, uh, most of the time. And that yeah. just put the car in. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not using the power hungry air conditioner, then you, yeah. you really don't need that. Yeah. That yeah. is, so are those solar panels, this is mostly me geeking out, um, are those solar panels rigid or are they flexible? They're rigid. Rigid, yeah, nice. And we, um, the early flexible panels, we had really good luck with, and a lot of those are still working and working well, but then something seemed to change in them, and we started having a whole bunch of trouble with them, so we went back to the, we replaced most of those middle ones with rigids. Yeah. But the, I didn't like the one inch thick frame sticking up there. So the, the Zamp is only, I think it's three eighths of an inch thick. So it, it makes a nice clean shape. They do make them pretty thick. I, I have some yeah. that I need to put on top of our camper and that it is a little thicker than I would like, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But you like to push the, the limit and like, <laughs> And like yeah. see see how low can we pull into the charger with <laughs> and you know so much to my like my heart palpitations as we're going down the road like well that's you know it was easier to do that with a tesla and yeah. now i find myself pulling in which 
maybe to other people is still really low, but I find that I'm pulling in now with 15 or 20% charge still because the public charging, at least uh, here in the States, is, you know, obviously <laughs> very poor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I haven't got it to work well in Canada either. But really? Now, they, um, there's, uh, they're, they're claiming it's going to get better. Um, and I did use one um, Electrify America charger in Key Largo, Florida. Uh, just because I could have gone to the Tesla charger, but it's it's in a really crowded spot in Southern Miami. So I thought, well, I'll try this thing. Mm -hmm. Before I left, I downloaded the app and I put money on the accounts and all that stuff. When I got there, it wouldn't work at all. But if I put my credit card on it, it worked. So oh. I still got 25 bucks in Electrify America. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, uh, two of them didn't work. The third one did. It's uh, The one thing that's good, they have a little longer cords. So sometimes it's a little easier to, to get in, I noticed. But, uh, Not yeah. half done, Huck. Yeah. And then uh, I have uh, uh, the uh, Barker Manufacturing makes a, a jack that used to be on the Airstreams called a Super Jack. It's about twice as fast as all the other electric jacks. So. I have that on the trailer. So I, and then nice. part of streamlining the trailer, I reduced the hitch weight quite a lot. And uh, the, uh, uh, the Tesla is so stable, it doesn't need that high, high hitch weight that sometimes comes on them. So yeah, unhooking is a very quick, quick thing. And also moving the propane tanks back, there's lots of room there. I can just set the bars and stuff. And so it's uh, uh, going to Florida, I, I unhooked five times. But as I said, you know, I've often sat in a gas station for five minutes waiting for somebody to move their car because that was the only pump that I could use to get yeah. in and out. And, uh, yeah, so. our our last tow uh, to Utah in our diesel truck, we waited at that gas station for... I mean, we waited was, 20, 20 minutes yeah. or more just to get, yeah. just just to even to get in. Just to fuel up. <clears throat> yeah. To get there and fuel up. And so it was 30, 40 minutes stop and i know that's not all the time but still yeah it does happen so and well and what we find oh go ahead well i was just like you know it's we when you factor in all of those things you know we started looking around and we're like it nearly takes the same amount of time for us to stop just to get into a gas station and i think we you know waited 20 minutes to pull in and the kids and i even went in and we needed to eat at that time and the line for food was terribly long. And so then Steve came in, you know, after he finally fueled up and we're still standing there waiting to, you know, That's get right. food. Yeah. And Steve's <laughs> like, this is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> and we had already towed with the, the Tesla at that point. So I think we were all kind of like yeah. a little, a little frustrated that it was taking like longer than a charge stop would at that <laughs> point. So we were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what we found in uh, down south with the V3 chargers, um, mm -hmm. that even if I did have to unhook, the charge is so quick, you usually run out of time anyhow. Yep. So, so Heather would, while I'm unhooking, she'd go in the trailer and start getting lunch ready or whatever we were going to do. And then um, you know, I, I could have lunch and by then the char car's charged anyway. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we did a recent trip to uh, Kansas City, which isn't too far, but you know we 
cook dinner because it was around supper time and mm-hmm. yeah the the car was what did we get to 98 percent or something yeah, by the time we were done we're like actually it had stopped charging. yeah it stopped it was charging. just like holy cow we just lost track of time and but well we we were just cooking and we thought we'd have yeah, tons of time sure. and then the yeah. the charger got in and and just set in at a because it was a little bit slower of a charger. Oh, it's always a slow charger. But it yeah. set up there at, at the highest that it could and stayed yeah. there for such a long period of time. We're like, oh, this is going faster than we yeah. anticipated. And so by the time we got done, it was it had stopped because yeah. it was fully charged. <laughs> but if you, if you ever want to go back to a Model X, I, I'm sure we could rig that up for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... Uh, and we love the Model X for, you know, for the family because the dog had space and the kids yeah. had space and, you know, we really do, uh, we do miss that. Or maybe we need to try an R1S. <laughs> it's still on a public charging network. It is still on a public I want char- Andy's car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little crowded with the kids and the dog. Though. <laughs> well, so we had a... What was it? Was it a 12 it was a Model 12. S? This is when we just did videos on our adventures. And uh, so we were called Trail and Less Traveled then. And so we didn't think it was worth, you know, letting people uh, see that we had a Model S at the time. And anyways, where I'm going with this is I felt like that thing had, you know, plenty of space for the dog it was lower to the ground so the dog could get up in there easier yeah um it had the uh frunk for you know luggage luggage we didn't ever tow with it so like when you're towing you don't have for us anyways we don't really put anything in the car uh as far as like packing stuff because it's all in the camper so i i don't know i feel like i'm trying to this is me a seller on this. Before I know it, we're going to have a trip planned up to come to Ontario, Canada this summer, and a Model S is magically going to appear in the driveway. Uh, it's, well, it's, it's a very fun car, that's for sure. It's fun. Enjoy it. Yeah. So get the 19 inch wheels if you get one. That's the only Does that help? Yeah. Well, there's less rolling resistance with them, but when you're towing with it, the 21s, that's a pretty short sidewall. So that's, uh, yeah. I see. Now the air suspension makes up for that a little bit. That's, it's cool. I don't know if you've seen it, but they, um, they have a new thing now that your car gives data on the road conditions. Mm-mm. So if you're, you're coming along to say a bridge, that's all rough it'll come up a little message suspension raised for rough road and it goes across the bridge and then it lowers back down again whoa <laughs> that's awesome huh and then the s has two ride heights so if you whenever you're on an expressway it goes to the lowest ride height but mm-hmm. say i-75 coming into detroit um which they've never succeeded in making smooth i just click it up to the medium height so it's got a little more suspension travel and so. mm-hmm. yeah nice so let's get into some fun numbers. What what is the watt hours per mile that you are getting uh, regularly? I guess. Well, I'm, uh, yeah. So that trip to Colorado and back, I was six hundred and twenty-eight watts per mile. So that's going to be 
one point, what is that going to be about one, just about 1.4 watts miles per mm. kilowatt. Okay. And then the, um, and that was at 60 miles an hour, the entire, the entire trip. I just left it set on cruise at that. The, um, and then the, uh, uh, going to Florida, I was a little higher. I averaged, um, about 680 for that trip. And I, I wasn't on that trip. I decided, well, I'm not going to try and be so scientific in that. I'm just going to mm -hmm. drive or I'll see where my next charger is and what my range is going to be and stuff like that. So there's a couple of legs there that are about 110 miles. So I went a little slower and then, um, you got down into Florida where the superchargers were so close that I was running 65 or so most of the time. And, uh, it's, um, and that's certainly easier. And I just, when I charge, I just kind of, I always have the next supercharger in my nav. Mm -hmm. And so I know the distance to it and I know how many Watts I have, uh, or percentage of battery I have left. So once I've got, if I'm 50% battery and 50 miles left, I know I've got lots of leeway. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. That's getting closer. And I don't, uh, I don't look at it nearly as much as I used to because I kind of get used to it. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good. <clears throat> and what would you attribute that more to how streamlined you've made the airstream? Yeah, that would, uh, that would help a lot. And then of course the cars much more, for example, compared to say the Rivian you're using, mm -hmm. you know, you sat down and said, how unaerodynamic a vehicle can I build? You come up <laughs> with something pretty close to a pickup. Yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. True. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, in the old days, if we were running down to Ohio or someplace or Indiana with a pickup, we'd always open the tailgate if there was nothing in the back, thinking it made it more streamlined. <laughs> and then uh, Transport Canada actually did some wind tunnel testing and discovered that pickups were more aerodynamic with the pickup. The tailgate closed because yep. it forced to fill the vacuum behind the, the cab. So, <clears throat> so it's a combination of those two things. And then it may be not as big a difference with a conventional square nose trailer because a pickup does help to break some of the airflow okay. for the trailer. I find with an airstream, the more air that hits it, the better it tows. It's, it's more stable on the road and it, uh, you don't really have that same loss of performance that you do with the, uh, the square ones. But uh, yeah. And you know, it's funny because a lot of people, and I still wouldn't recommend like going out and, you know, your first electric vehicle experience is towing, you know, but the Airstream and the electric vehicle for a person that's just getting into towing, like the stability of the Airstream and the stability of the EV going down the road, it you just, you know, you don't feel that movement that you feel with a traditional trailer and a, and a truck and it just feels so solid going down the road it's incredible it's uh so we do um in march every year we do a couple of we take a couple of sundays and we do a beginner's rving seminar oh awesome so people can come and we teach them about what to look for in an rv and that sort of thing and it saves us a lot of time because we answer all those questions at once and uh, <laughs> yeah on those days we usually have about 10 12 combinations hooked up for test drives so we have bigger trailers smaller ones and all the rest of it um, whenever somebody tows with the Tesla, they don't do any more test drives. <laughs> yeah. This is it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, just incredible how, how solid they are. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I want to come to that. I know, right? <laughs> Might have to make the trip up. <laughs> the, the, I, we always love like, you know, people helping other people figure it out because it is a big deal to figure out what combination that you want. I mean, we went through four different setups <clears throat> before, you know, we landed on, you know, figuring out that we wanted an Airstream and we wanted an electric vehicle. And then finally, and it was because we did, we had a square nose trailer for the Tesla. Oh, and then, yeah. um, I remember after that. We got, <laughs> got to that point. Yep. And I saw your video and went, Oh, that's the wrong trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then we rented the Airstream to tow and we were like, okay, this is, yeah. this is great. And you know, it took us a while to to make the the leap and actually you know buy one, but now. Yeah. And ours was always not okay. So like you know we're, we're rooted in you know thinking along the lines of manufacturers like what it can tow and all this stuff, and so that was our way of thinking. Yeah. And then we weren't going to compromise like the living for our family. And so that's the reason we chose that 194 BHS. It wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, we, I knew it wasn't necessarily going to be very good for the electric vehicle, just like it wouldn't have been very good for the pickup or anything like that as far as efficiency goes. And so we've always said to ourselves, we're not going to compromise the living space you know, for our family, because we need to feel like, you know, it's meeting our needs uh, in that respect. First, we can always modify the, you know, our trip, however it needs to be uh, to get there as long as we have that for our family. And Comfort, so, yeah. yeah, so that's why we kind of went down that road. And, you know, I did quickly realize it, you know, wasn't the best. It still did pretty good. We went to South we Dakota. Did, yeah, South Dakota, and that was a pretty easy trip. Yeah. You got the supercharger um, network, though, so... Yeah, that's exactly right. When about 2017, uh, the Tesla Owners Club invited me to come speak to their meeting about towing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I haven't towed with a Tesla yet. <laughs> so I said, I, I can give you my best educated guess, but I can't actually... I haven't towed with one. So the um, so we went down to it and we took uh, we have a little trailer we sell called an Alto that's very light and aerodynamic. Mm -hmm. So we took one of those and we took a 22 foot Airstream Sport down, thinking those were the two best trailers for a Tesla. And uh, of course, at the time everything was a Model S or in Model X. So the people came out and looked at the trailers and it was eh, eh, okay, but they weren't wanting that, and that's what they were about. They they wanted an electric car, but they weren't going to compromise. Yeah. So then, so the next time we went, I took the a twenty-seven foot, and <laughs> that was far more about it. So. Yeah. Well, and that's that was something that you know when we finally got to get in a thirty-foot airstream, both of us walked in, and we were like, "Oh, this we can do this. This yeah. is great." You know, there's room for the kids. There's room for us. There's seating. You know, it was a totally different from, you know, going into where we were going to have to take the dinette and change it into a bed at, for the kids and stuff and switching to the 30 where everybody has their own space. And we were like, oh, this is not compromising yeah. at all. Not so, at all. Yeah. So it what was... we teach people to do is, we or try to anyway, is mm -hmm. to not just look at a tow rating 
on a vehicle to look mm -hmm. at the properties of the vehicle that are going to make it a good or a bad tow vehicle. Yeah. And so we look at uh, the rear overhang as a percentage of the wheelbase. If you look at the wheelbase in isolation, it doesn't help you. You got to look at how much overhang there is to correspond with that. And center of gravity and the type of suspension, the tire wheel sizes. There's a whole bunch of factors that go into that over the years and testing and everything. We figured out that these really make a big difference. Mm -hmm. So you can buy some truly horrible tow vehicles with very high tow ratings. Yeah. And and you can buy some great one like the Tesla is probably the best thing I've ever towed with, and it's I think it's a thousand pounds or zero. Yeah, we've used we've probably done 250 chrysler 300s they're a thousand pounds they you know up until they worked quite well so it's yeah. if you look at the properties of the vehicle you get a better combination in the trailer than you do just going blindly following the the tow rating and the for the manufacturers it's um it's not that the car manufacturers are evil doing that um i just explained that a, a car manufacturer there's nothing scarier than a tow rating because they, they get control of about 30% of the equation. You know, they build the vehicle. They have no idea the balance, the dynamics of the trailer that's going to get hooked on. They don't know how it's going to get hitched up. Um, they really don't understand hitches. So then, yeah. so the only time they're going to put a high tow rating on something is if they're going to sell enough of them and it's going to be a profitable enough vehicle to be worth putting that risk on. So it, it becomes a risk versus reward thing. And then they know some vehicles when People buy, uh, there's a particular SUV that has a ridiculously high tow rating, did for years. They know from market research that everybody's going to look at the tow rating when they buy that vehicle, but almost nobody's going to tow much. Yeah. So it's they, the few that have an issue, they'll, they'll deal with that. But the, uh, it's, uh, the, in the meantime, they want to sell a lot of a pretty profitable vehicle and not lose sales because the tow rating was too low. Yeah. In a sedan, not many people are going to tow with one anyway, so it's just not worth the risk to them to, to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's I can see your brain going. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing this. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you know, a couple of things that people, I'm sure you've, yeah. Anyways, the so if you have, you know, the manufacturer slaps that on there. And you go in and modify uh, a hitch that makes the vehicle uh, more than capable of towing a trailer. Is there any downside to that, I guess? Well, if the hitch caused a problem, then it's going to be, you know, that's going to come back to us. As okay. a, you know, they're not going to warranty something that the hitch caused. Yeah. Um, it doesn't affect the warranty on any other part of the vehicle. At least we've never had that. Uh, you yeah. know, and there's been thousands of these, but um, the uh, you know we did a you know, few years ago we had a BMW that we did and they changed the type of steel they used. We'd done a bunch of these, and they changed the type of steel, and that steel cracked, so we had to replace that part and figure out a different way to put the hitch in. And that that's about the only one I can think of that we ever had a had a problem with. But uh, so, yeah. it's so interesting because you know you're just until you start digging into it and figuring these things out, you know, people are, they just are blindly following it. They're like, this is what it says that it can do. So this is the only thing that it can do. And, yeah. you know, it's so, it's, 
so awesome to see, you know, you towing with a Model S and like, you know, we had um, Ray that came down with the, the um, with his setup and, Model you, yeah, Model Y. And it was like, so. I was watching him pull it and we were all like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. an eye opening. And then, you know, where'd you come from? And you, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> and everybody was just you know, blown away. So. And Ray is such an awesome guy. So yeah. it was so much fun to have him there. Yeah. It's a, but, you know, you sit down and actually do the math. It, yeah. It makes sense. But, uh, I would say people, their impression is the more sheet metal a vehicle has, the better tow vehicle it's going to be. But it, that's just not often the case. It's, it's more about the suspension layout and all, all that sort of thing. And the, you know, and you watch TV, you know, how many millions of dollars do they spend saying my truck tows better than his truck? That <laughs> you have to have a truck. Right? So that's a, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, uh, and great if you want one, you know, there's lots yeah. of, you know, I, I would say a friend of mine drives an F-250 and he doesn't tow or carry anything. He just likes to drive it and, that, and yeah. that's fine, but don't buy one if you, just because you think you have to have one. There's, there's lots of other options out there. Yeah. But, well, it's, you know, the statistic that I've read is 75% of truck owners, you know, tow one or less times per year and basically saying they never tow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. So, so it's, it's uh, yeah, people buy the trucks probably for the, <clears throat> not the utility that they're built for. So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, it, it, it's funny, the, uh, for years, cars, they would always try and design them to have a lower center of gravity for more stability and more control. And now the the new trucks, especially the, the three-quarter tons, they're ridiculously tall and top-heavy. Mm -hmm. um, they really don't tow that well. It's yeah. uh, They're big, heavy vehicles, so people's impression is that they do. But if you actually start testing them, start mm -hmm. trying to do a base of lane changes and things like that and measuring stopping distance and stuff, they're, they're quite pitiful. But it's um, but of course that's the it's got a bigger number on the fender, so it's got to be better. <laughs> so Very true. Most yeah. most people don't. Um, if I go to an airstream rally and do a towing seminar, I'll walk the rows of the rally before I go in, and you know I might find five trailers out of a hundred that are really hooked up well. You yeah. almost never see one with the hitch really dialed in the way it mm -hmm. should be. So. If you hook up a 150 wrong and you hook up a 250 wrong, the 250 will feel better. Mm -hmm. It's yep. probably not as safe as the 150, but yeah. the impression is that it feels better. So most people have never actually towed a properly connected trailer. So. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I would agree with that. That's my first experience buying a camper um, from, well, really first experience. But anyways, I went to uh, somebody and purchased a camper and they, set it all up and it was horrible and i'm like this is not going to work out and so me being the way that i am i'm like okay let's think back through this whole process and i, I dug into how it was set up and i can't re remember specifically how far it was off but it was you know over a couple inches off just the uh ball height itself and uh, anyway so once i got that changed it totally changed how it felt it was, yeah, a small was, adjustment makes a huge. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So on our uh, on our website in the video section, the first video is 
about a half hour long of how to set up a weight distribution. And it's, uh, so, it, you know, it's not like it's information we're hoarding or anything. It's all of <laughs> Only <laughs> we it, can I do it. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to get other dealers to, to actually do it the right way. They, um, you know, they just, uh, it's what can I install quick and get out of here, I'm afraid. Yeah. And way too much of that. Yeah, it's been refreshing talking to you because, you know, so often you do hear that the, you know, a the car dealer has no idea what they're talking about when they're talking about towing. And then also the RV dealer has no idea what they're talking about when they're talking about putting them together and how much, you know, thought and knowledge has gone into it that you'd like know all of this. It's fantastic. <laughs> it was funny when we bought the... Uh... The Nana, do you remember that? They would not let us tow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Camper off the lot with the Model X. Yeah, we had to bring our F-350 because they were like, um, we, we don't think that can tow that. And we're like, well, it can. Yeah. And so we're like, you know what? We've got an F-350. We'll just bring that. Yeah. It was so, so there's, a, there's a guy in Los Angeles who will do the hitch reinforces like we do. He's the only other person who does it. He doesn't do the rest of the hitch. He just does the reinforces for people. Mm -hmm. He has a speed shop kind of thing. But, um, and he does a beautiful job. So I had a, we get emails from people all the time. And these folks from uh, Los Angeles bought a 25 foot Airstream. They had an SUV with a high tow rating. Uh, they went to get the trailer and the, the dealer wouldn't let them. Said, no, no, we can't hook that up. It's not safe. Well, they didn't have room in their garage for a pickup so anyhow they left the trailer there caught a hold of us and we said well it's a great tow vehicle but the hitch isn't strong enough take it to this guy get the hitch strengthened and then if you like we can send you out the rest of it or this is what you need to buy and how you need to set it up so yeah. they had to send everything out went back to the dealer he still wouldn't let them pick it up Jeez! <laughs> oh my so gosh he, so they said and they said you've got to get your trailer out of here it's in our way so they lent him an F-150 to pull it to his storage spot. Uh, the F-150 was sitting on a ball, no weight distribution, sent him out on the freeway in Los Angeles, scared the customer half to death. Yeah. Um, so then he calls me, he says, I don't think I can tow with this because this F-150 was all over the place. I said, well, and I thought they'd used his hitch because it would be all wrong. And I, he said, no, no, they, they had their hitch. I said, well, what kind of hitch was it? He said, well, it was just a ball. <laughs> so you were comfortable <clears throat> sending this guy out with just a ball with a thousand pounds of hitch weight on an F-150, but wouldn't set up his car that was all dialed in and everything for oh, uh, anyway, They've been toying with it ever since. I'm quite yeah. That's awesome. That's it's terrible. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did and that. I, so many people that, that run into it and they're, they're just the education and it needs to somehow get to the ears of people beforehand you know i think people go through these stories and then they go out and they find the information and it's like you know let's people just do your research before and yeah <laughs> and i mean we're get, we're just as guilty obviously because yeah. we you know we had a bad tow experience and then we went and figured it out you know so yeah. it's but but yeah it has been awesome talking to you what is your website so people can find you if they want to you know go see some of those videos or have you set up a hitch for them yeah, it's um, uh, canmrv.ca, and then the uh, um, there's uh, I've written a column for RV Lifestyle Magazine in Canada here since 1987, so a lot of those columns are online on their site. And if you just Google Hitch Hints, it'll it'll come up uh, for that one. And there's awesome. a bunch of information. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. It has, like I said, been a blast. Lots of fun information. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for listening. Find all of our show notes at allelectricfamily.com slash allelectricconversations. Be sure to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at All Electric Family. Find us on Twitter as All Electric Fam. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this story, please be sure to share it and hit that subscribe button. Leave a review and help inspire others to hit the road. Until next time, stay charged.